As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey, back on the podcast after a week off. A little later in the show, we'll be joined by ESPN and SiriusXM's Holly Rowe. Um, I still don't have any power, though. Max Olson is joining me. Max, do you have power in Nebraska? I, I do have power. I appreciate you pronouncing your last name for me. As you heard on last week's episode, this yeah. became a conundrum. Um, it's only in my yeah. Twitter bio. No big deal. How is your post-ice storm situation, Jason? Well, um, it's gotten warm here. Um, weather's, weather's pretty nice. Uh, unfortunately my power is still out. My internet is still out and there's a bunch of branches, uh, in my yard that, uh, got to get cleaned up. So, um, yeah, and I'm staying at my in-laws. So everything is exactly how I, uh, you know, had hoped it would be by (laughs) Wednesday. My power went out last Monday. This is, uh, this is 10 days. So, Wow. Wow. So ne- is, never experienced uh, anything like this before. Got got to go up to the house the other day and throw all of our food out. That was really fun, you know. Do you have any good stuff in there? I mean, yeah. I, whatever was in there is irrelevant. It was just the fact that we have no more food. <laughs> I just made me think of the, um, you know, in Parks and Rec when they close uh, Mulligan Steakhouse and, and Ron <laughs> walks up on it and he's like, what do you think about the steaks that were in there? Do you think they got eaten? <laughs> I just hope you didn't have any steaks locked in your uh, broken fridge. I don't think we had any uh, any meat in there, uh, actually. Maybe other than some lunch meat. So, but all of all of that had to go. All right, nobody wants to hear about my problems or my refrigerator anymore. So let's uh, let's get into it, Max. Uh, it is good to be back on the pod uh, with you after last week. Andy Staples more than capably filled in, uh, but we got a lot to talk about here, and I think we have to start with the favorite in the league, or what was the favorite in the league. Going down, Oklahoma State loses to Texas at home in a game that Max, every everything about that game says Oklahoma State should have won, and it, it has to be devastating for the people in Stillwater because I even thought their defense played really well. Yeah, I, I thought that was. I, I think the great Bill Connolly pointed out on Sunday morning that you know in, in plugging that game and all the stats uh, into his metrics that the, the win probability for Texas was like 3%, um, which was a, 
like the the most surprising win of the season by his his measures. Um, I look at maybe the other way where it's like, okay, the thing that was crazy to me as I watched it is when's the last time a team has a 4-0 turnover margin and gets a return touchdown and still loses the game, right? Like that should be impossible if you go plus four on turnovers and take a kickback. And yet, of course, Texas, because this is what they've been all season, they have this, they take this sick pleasure out of taking games to overtime. Um, They just, even with all the advantages you give them, it's still going to be a super, super tight game. And uh, man, that was, that was crazy to watch. I mean, I think we, you and I have talked before about how, you look at the one kind of knock on Oklahoma State that worried you a little bit from 2019, and that was Spencer Sanders turning it over in big games. Not to say all those were his fault, right. um, but clearly that that's the difference maker for Oklahoma State in a, uh, a massive game for, for Big 12 title implications. It is. And now Oklahoma State, I mean, they were they were the best hope, I think, for, for the Big 12 to get in the playoff. And, I, you know, I don't know that I'm saying they're completely out of it, but they're certainly not – I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be tough now for them. I mean, uh, to to sneak to sneak back in. I think even if they win out, I, I think it's going to be a difficult a difficult thing for them. What do you think? Are, are they? Yeah, I mean, I think you know. It seems like nationally, it seems like everybody's kind of moved on from the Big Twelve in the playoff conversation. Um, obviously, that's something you and I have talked about from the start of this podcast. Was you wondered if these teams would just beat each other up a little too much? I mean, I think for Oklahoma State now, you have to run the table. And you have to hope Texas finishes well, right? I mean, if Texas is just a, uh, you know, what a, a six and four kind of team, I mean, I don't really know that that does a lot for you in Oklahoma State making the case against uh, these other, you know, these other teams that would be in the mix for the the number four spot there. Yeah, absolutely, Max. I, I think both of those teams uh, still still very much in it. Another team that's in it that we uh, maybe had counted out a couple weeks ago foolishly is is Oklahoma. Goes down to Lubbock and all of a sudden looks a little bit more like what we're used to seeing from Oklahoma. Just absolutely crushes Texas Tech with the two two of the three suspended players back, Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, I, I can get into they my thoughts. They looked pretty good on Saturday, didn't they? They were the two best players on the field. They were the two best players on the field. Wild. And uh, and it was pretty clear, really, from the moment they got out there that, that they were. Now you know why they worked so hard to get those guys back. Um, Max, watching from afar, I mean, what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they're kind of in ass-kicking mode now, aren't they? Like, you think the, the – the, now, look, they've played some close games. I'm not saying that they're, they're immune to, to running into trouble here over the rest of the schedule. But um, it, it does sort of seem like in that game – Oklahoma's kind of finally flipping the switch here um, and showing that here's here's kind of the ceiling of what we can be again. Now, again, that's against Texas Tech. They've struggled to be consistent on defense for a long time, so parts of that are not surprising. Um, but I'll tell you what, Jason, you look at Oklahoma's schedule the rest of the way, and is there a game left besides Bedlam that you look at and don't kind of chalk up as an OU win? Probably not. I mean, I think West Virginia is interesting because, yeah. but but this is why this conference is so confusing. Max, Texas Tech beat West Virginia one week ago. I know, and 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 now, and then West Virginia beats Kansas State, which we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so I'm not sure that I think that is a, a an easily winnable game for OU at the end of November on Thanksgiving weekend. I think that's going to be that could be a very tough game because of how good their defense is. However, Oklahoma. 
looks like they're doing that thing that they do every year where after giving the big rest of the Big 12 a little bit of hope, uh, they decide at some point, okay, now we're going to take this seriously and kick it, kick it into high gear. And um, now they got the two great players back and – you know, it, you look yeah. around and you're like, oh, my God, they're going to they're going to freaking do it again. And we had counted them out. Yeah. I, I, when I was a kid, a buddy of mine, when we play video games, he'd kind of like fall behind a little bit and then he'd sort of like sit up and be like, all right, now I'm going to start taking this seriously. Right. I think that's kind of where, where we're at with OU, where once they decided, OK, now we are playing our best football, um, you know, and, and part of that's having the two losses and kind of being, you know, not having room for much error now. Um, but I mean, you know, you've brought this up a few weeks now on the pod of like, what's your big 12 title game prediction? Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm probably willing to change mine all over again and say, I mean, what do you feel like today? Do you feel like it's like Oklahoma, Iowa state? Do you think it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma state? What do you think? I I was going to say Oklahoma, Iowa state right now. Um, Oklahoma state, I know as the head to head over, uh, Iowa state, but yeah. Um, I just really like, I still really like Iowa State. And I still think if OU beats OSU and Texas, I mean, there's just so many ways this can shake out that, uh, you know, if we end up in tiebreakers where maybe head to head doesn't matter as much anymore, it's, I, I don't know. I, I say the, OU the, Iowa the, State, but I don't know. Right. And, and certainly, like, it, this can all go to shit if there's any games that can't be made up, too, right? We're not at that point yet. But if we do cross that bridge, if we do arrive at that bridge, where there's suddenly a game that cannot be played again, then it's not just we're, we're heading towards tiebreakers. It's we're getting down into the nitty gritty of the details of this policy that they just threw together. Right. The policy that, that we found out about what uh, last week, week before a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the new policy about how they're going to handle this. And it's all about how many games you played. If you're within this much of the league average, I mean, neither of us, I don't believe went to college for math, Max, and I'm not interested (laughs) in doing any of it. I mean, it, it, Jason, it's like our, it's like our friend, dear friend, Mac on always sunny always says. I tried, but it turns out it's actually really complicated and I didn't go to school for that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not an expert in these things. I'm very bad at math. I, I remember when I used to cover high school sports, um, high school football in Oklahoma, the last week we always had to do district scenarios. So we would have to go through and like, okay, if this team beats this team, but this team beats this team by 15 or more. And I, it would take me hours. I used to like, go get a big thing of coffee at IHOP and sit Uh, there for hours. Yeah. I love doing that stuff. I I love putting that old grid together. I think we're a couple weeks away from, from making one of those for the big 12, but it's, well, that's all you max. I think you, it's you, coming. I think it's coming. I think we are going to get, and you do mention it, it is a good point. Like the, the, like Oklahoma state over Iowa state will matter. I think probably in that conversation and there's going to be, you know, Iowa state over Oklahoma could matter in that conversation mm-hmm. too. So, um, it, you know, the, I don't know, like maybe the national spotlight on the big 12 is kind of going to fade away here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as the big 10 gets going as the PAC 12 gets rolling this week, um, but, and, and certainly I'm, Hey, I, I enjoy the speculation over whether Cincinnati or BYU can, can be a playoff team. I think that'd be phenomenal to see. Um, but even if sort of everybody else moves on from the big 12, the race itself, I think is still going to be pretty awesome to follow here. And, you know, there was another game this weekend that, that sort of set the tone a little bit and that's, um, you know, West Virginia yeah. hosting number 16 K state. 
West Virginia was the Vegas favorite, as we called out on the podcast last week. That was a little fishy. Seemed like Vegas kind of knew something, and uh, we knew the metrics didn't totally love K-State, but West Virginia blowing out K-State was something I I didn't see coming. I know you didn't. No, no. I thought I couldn't believe the, the line on that, and I couldn't believe it never really moved. It, I mean, I... I Right. I, I was really surprised by that. And um, but you know, West Virginia, they're, they're so confusing because they've looked good. And then they go to they go lose in Lubbock to a team that I know isn't very good because I just watched them play. You know, Texas Tech is not an elite team in the in the Big 12. And they go down there and lose. And then they turn around and beat Kansas State. Now, maybe Kansas State was a mirage. Maybe they were never as good as maybe their their record indicated or as we thought they might be. Uh, but that's still not a bad team. I, I do wonder. You know, Will Howard versus Skylar Thompson, that sort of probably makes somewhat of yeah. a difference. But still, that was a pretty thorough beating they took. It is, and, and it's a uh, definitely a, a, a continued reminder of where the Big 12 is heading in some ways because that, that was, you know, excellent defense, and that was running the ball. You know, that's what West Virginia did. That's what K-State likes to do. Um, but just thought the defensive performance from, from West Virginia was really impressive. Um, they're getting really good play from, you know, that D line from Tony Fields from from a lot of different players on that defense, and it's impressive to watch. I think it, um, I think it makes them a factor in this race as the team that can upset some folks, and that probably starts this week with Texas. But I think K State will stay in it. I, I don't think we're done talking about K State this season. They've got a really tough schedule ahead, but we've certainly seen from the way they played um, against uh, Oklahoma and, and against TCU that. You know they can be a team. I think that can can still pull off a November upset that could shake up this race. I mean, could could they do it this weekend, uh, Max? Uh, I I don't think so. They play Oklahoma State. I I have a hard time seeing Kansas State beat Oklahoma State, but I also don't know that I'd be shocked by it. I it sort of feels like one of those games, maybe to me, where OSU is so pissed off about. Yeah. how they just blew that game, that they just blow the doors off of K-State. Kind of That's almost kind of what week. I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's and, and we shouldn't dismiss K-State because obviously Oklahoma State, K-State still, for the top of the Big 12 standings, is still a pretty important game this week. Um, I think you're I think you're probably right, I and mean, we'll get to picks later, but I think you're probably right about that. Um, I, I think Oklahoma State, that Texas game, that hard-fought game, as many mistakes as they made, like I don't know how much that actually shakes their confidence that they can still, you know, go win this league with the way everything is unfolded. I'm not, I'm not really down on on the pokes at all. I think that was a pretty sloppy game on both sides of it. Um, and uh, I, 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 th- I still think Oklahoma State's good, but you know, they, I think they did look beatable at times against Iowa State, and, and then Texas finished the job. I still think Oklahoma State's defense is really good. They played well against Sam Ellinger. They, they really did. I mean, they I, I thought they they contained him really until the, the end of the game. They played pretty well against him. So I you know Well I, and we and we got a shout out. We missed it earlier. I mean, the performance by Joseph Osai against Oklahoma State. Sure. It's it's you know, statistically it's the best defensive performance in we've seen in the Big Twelve of course. in terms of um tackles, TFL sacks since, you know, Sue went, you know, went beast mode on Nebraska in the Big 12 against Texas in the Big 12 title game. Does the Big um, 10 not call that a Big 10 classic? They seem <laughs> to a, Maybe they aired that on the Big 10 in the offseason on that, Nebraska Day. Totally unrelated, but that that stuff annoys me so bad when yeah, they call like that. 95 Nebraska is a classic Big 10 team. Don Kinsu's a Big 10 legend. Yeah, of course. Get out of um, here. No, it's it, we haven't seen that since Sue ruined Colt McCoy's Heisman chances uh, at Jerry World um, back in wow. 
11 years ago. Holy moly. We're getting old, Jason. Um, so that, that performance, I mean, he's, he made himself a ton of money on Saturday in Stillwater. I think you've seen Dane Brugler and other people kind of shout out, like, this is a guy who probably with the way he's played this season has moved up into to first round consideration for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Certainly worth mentioning that. Um, but um, Max, do we want to talk a little bit about these other? Let's let's get through some of these other games. TCU Baylor uh, this weekend. Um, you know, TCU kind of finally got that bounce back that they needed. What, what did you make of that game? Yeah, that was you know didn't expect TCU to run off a thirty zero lead in that game. Uh, I think that's probably one of those like you talked about where maybe that frustration finally spills over and a team you know really shows up and uh, gets rolling in the first half. And so I think you saw that with TCU the way they play defense, the way they ran the ball. Um, good to finally see Zach Evans kind of in the mix there, making plays for them. Um, I thought the second half comeback from Baylor was pretty good um, and, and encouraging kind of for where they're going. But, you know, I think we're, we have a little more clarity now on, on where Baylor's at. And this is just kind of an uphill season for them. I don't want to totally say it's a year zero for Aranda, but I think it's kind of, it's kind of going in that direction. You know, um, how many games left on the schedule there? Do you think Baylor can win it? It's going to be tough. Um, yeah. Not to say they're not talented, and, and I think they'll keep improving, but just with all the disruptions they've had this year, I just don't know yeah. that they're going to be able to – You know, I think you and I kind of saw them as, hey, maybe they could be like the fifth best team in the Big 12. I just don't think they're going to get there this year. No, but I think that's okay, and and I hope and I think Baylor fans should be patient here. Like, I mean, this is still a program I think in pretty good shape. Matt Rule yeah. left it in good shape. Dave Aranda's a good coach. They've got good players. They're recruiting well. Like, I I don't think that there's any reason to panic if you're a Baylor fan. I still think that that that's a program that seems to be doing okay, regardless of how this year goes. And then you add in all the COVID stuff they've dealt with. I, right. It's not really surprising that that they're having a little bit of a rough go of it. No, and I think you're right about that. And then the other game, you know, Iowa State took care of business against Kansas and covered. Um, Brees Hall for Heisman. I'm calling it. Are, are you are you the guy who's thrown Brees Hall Heisman votes in our you're, Heisman straw poll each you're, week? You're damn right, I am. I love it. I I love hey, it. I think he's I think he's great. And I mean, is there a more valuable player uh, for, for I mean a team in the Big Twelve? I mean, I, I'm just off the top of your head. In terms I don't of if know. you take him off the team, it's yeah. a different team. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Probably awesome. fair. Yeah. No, so, I think he's, I was looking at the stats. I think he's about to be the first player in college football to hit a thousand yards rushing. I think he's going to do that this week. Um, and so the it's real just been a dominant is, ever yeah. since he kind of finally came into it, um, you know, about a month into his freshman season. I mean, you, you just go look at the numbers he's put up since. I mean, he's been, there's not really a comparable guy in terms of the best. Obviously, CD was really good last year, but in terms of the best playmakers in the Big 12, he's been dominant since he became a starter. So the real question then is, why isn't he on your Heisman straw poll? Well, you know, I've been I've been continuing to throw votes to, you know, Mormon Manziel, Zach Wilson over at BYU. <laughs> um, but he's getting plenty of those on his own now. It's time for me to start, start assigning some to Brees. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Oh, good, good. I, I, a little, little voter persuasion here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Max, we'll get into our uh, preview for the week and our picks uh, a little later. But first, we're going to go to our interview with uh, ESPN and SiriusXM's Holly Rowe. We're now joined by the great Holly Rowe, ESPN, SiriusXM, everyone's favorite sideline goat. Holly, how you doing? I'm amazing. I am, have been so anxious and stressed out and freaked out for about eight months, you know, ever since the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. And... Um, I'm back to doing what I love. And so it makes life really great. And I just went and took a walk around New York City, around Central Park and the reservoir there and the sun's shining and kids are out in the park playing music. And I was like, okay, I think I have some faith in humanity again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I can come out of the my deep, dark depression. So oh my gosh. there we go. We, we all need a lot of that right now. You, you know, it's easy for Jason and I to complain about Oh man, what an unusual season it's been to cover. You went right from the freaking WNBA bubble to college football. <laughs> I mean, how and I, I I saw the stats you posted, okay? 85 days in the bubble, 55 games. I mean, how was how was that to kick off your uh, your fall? It was the so I got to the bubble on July 15th and I came out like October 8th or something like that. Oh my and gosh. like, I keep thinking it's August. I keep thinking like we're just starting football season and we're, and I look up and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Thanksgiving in two weeks. So my whole time continuum is warped and I'm, I have PTSD. Like um, I just saw a friend yesterday that I got to be friends with in the bubble. And I was like, are you having a hard time functioning outside of the bubble? Because it was safe. Like every single day mm-hmm. you knew what the schedule was you knew you had games, you knew you had testing, you knew you had meals. And now I'm out in the real world and it's not as safe and it's not as organized. And I think I have PTSD. I really do. Like it's hard to go from that extreme to now functioning in this very chaotic sports season. Well, and you'd see all the NBA players like go right to a beach vacation as soon as they got out. Right. Did you have any time off? I went, no, I literally went straight. I I drove home from the bubble and I was on a conference call, I think that next morning with Jimbo Fisher, and I did Florida at Texas A&M that Saturday. So oh I think gosh. three days later, I was on a college football sideline, which in retrospect probably was maybe not the smartest, but I felt anxious to be missing games in college football. And I also felt anxious because I didn't know how long the college football season would go. You know, and sure. I was like, if we're if we have an opportunity to do games, I have to be there. Like I have to take advantage of the games we are going to have. So I jumped right in and um, it was actually a crazy experience because I get to Texas A&M and they had, I don't know what they really said they had, but it wasn't real. They, they had 30,000 or more people in that stadium. And a lot of people weren't in masks. And, you know, I've just come from this very safe, wonderful environment and I was losing my mind. So I did have a long conversation with Dan Mullen, like 30 minutes down on the football field. You know, we're standing shoulder to shoulder, but we both did have our masks on. And then Mm -hmm. four days later, he tested positive for COVID. And it was just a really good lesson to me. Like, you need to be careful out here because you were in this very safe WNBA bubble where they had zero positive cases. 
it's the wild west out here. So um, I, I just can't stress enough how like that firsthand experience. I talked to Dan Mullen for 30 minutes, close contact, but we didn't, I didn't get exposed because I had my mask on. So everybody just, just wear your masks. That's all I can ask you to do. Yeah. Well, uh, so Holly, I mean, just generally speaking, I mean, how, how crazy do you think this season has been? Are you surprised that we haven't had more games canceled given that we're not in a bubble environment? Yeah, I think for the most part, schools have been doing a nice job. Um, it, it's very random though. And I think that's what we've been learning about COVID is you just can't predict anything. So you look at the experience of Wisconsin or Florida, where they've now had uh, two games canceled and there's been a lot of disruptions. I think, you know, 20 plus kids on those two teams potentially having COVID to then Clemson. I covered the whole Trevor Lawrence story last week because I was right. at Clemson and they only had one person. Now I know they had to test again Sunday and I don't know if they've had any further positives, but like how lucky is Clemson, the number one team in the country that he practiced Wednesday he had already tested that morning and they found out later that night that he did have COVID and, and they're lucky it didn't spread. So yes, I'm surprised more games haven't been canceled. And I'm also surprised like how teams have been able to navigate very well. That's a great um, kudos to Clemson that however they're doing practices, whether you're not in close contact for extended periods that seemed to work very well. And uh, I love seeing everybody's different. Every school is different. Every place I go has kind of different protocols and I love seeing the autonomy that people have to come up with their own creative solutions. And um, some are working better than others. Yeah. What What have you settled on for yourself when you're going to hotels, when you're going on the road to try and feel like, okay, look, it's not going to be 100%, but I'm doing this the safest I can. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, people are going to be so sick of me. They're going to be like, that Holly Rowe is harping on us constantly. But um I have There's always spraying Lysol in our face. Yeah, you know? if, I just, if you just wear a mask, I mean, it's like 90% mitigation factor. You know, it's mm -hmm. super effective. So on airplanes, I'm wearing a mask and I am wearing like the dorky face shield, but I'm paranoid on the planes. And then just in person, I don't go anywhere without a mask, like literally nowhere without a mask. Um, and I just think it makes this all safer. It makes, you know, like I'm, I know I'm not exposing anyone if I did have it. Um, and that's a really good feeling that I am being kind and loving to other people and not exposing them to anything I might have. But it's a bummer because, you know, you want to go hang out with people. And like I was at Clemson uh, last week and normally I would go in there. I have a lot of like friends that work in Clemson that I would go in totally. and visit in their offices and say hello. And, you know, I look forward to going to these campuses and I'm not allowed in the building and, you know, no one is. So, uh, it's hard because it takes a lot of the joy of why we love our jobs out of it. But then when we get to the games on Saturday, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. This is freaking awesome. I mean, I, I can totally relate because I've been traveling to OU games and usually, I mean, I have my favorite places. I like to go eat in Lubbock, in, in Kansas and wherever, uh, in a, in Iowa. And it's been hard to not be able to go do that stuff as much. Um, Cause you're right. Travel is the traveling is one of my favorite parts of the job too. But, um, 100%. so yeah, I can, I can completely relate. Yeah. Holly, it's the experience, you, oh, right? Sorry, oh, no, I was just going to say it's the experience of college football. And I think fans would agree. It's not just the game. It's going and tailgating. It's going in your RV. It's going with your friends and family. And I, I just think it's so woven into our culture and who we are as humans um, it, it does take some of the joy out of it, but like, Hey, I'm getting what I can. If we can at least enjoy the games and, you know, get through this time, that's important. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know you do the uh, the Big 12 show on SiriusXM, so I want to ask you, just generally speaking, your impressions of catching up on this Big 12 season and just, you know, what, what stood out to you so far in, in a race that certainly feels like there's still a lot of a lot of twists and turns to come here. Yeah, I think a cool stat that I saw today is that there's 60% of the Big 12 teams are within one game of each other atop the standings. So it's yeah. still really anybody's anybody's championship this year. And I also like, and I don't want Texas or Oklahoma fans to take offense to this, but I love having some fresh teams to talk about. You know, Iowa State doing well, Kansas State doing well, West Virginia getting on a little bit of a roll with the big win on Saturday over Kansas State. Um, I think it's fun to have new programs and new teams be good. And that's no knock against Oklahoma or Texas, but they've been great for a long time and we know they're going to be great. And it's just fun to have some other teams like really in the championship conversation. Yeah, we absolutely. We do. However, after this last weekend, after what Oklahoma did to Texas tech, Max and I were talking about it earlier. I mean, is there any like sense that's okay, here we go again. They're getting hot. It seems like. Yeah, I do think Oklahoma is going to get hot and for a couple of reasons. One, they got um, three good players back. I know that Trajan Bridges didn't play Saturday, but Ronnie Perkins made an impact in that game. And my gosh, Ramondre Stevenson, he's missed six games. He's been out since, you know, last November or December. December, yeah. And he comes in and is the Big 12 player of the week and has 87 yards rushing, is really efficient, over six yards per carry. That's really hard for that young man. So I just want to give him a great shout out. That's that's hard to come in as a running back, particularly because like you have to see the holes, have some feel, get some chemistry. And, you know, it's the first time he's really playing much with Spencer Rattler. So I do think Oklahoma can get on a roll. I had Oklahoma, I think, two weeks ago at TCU. And so I really dug into Spencer Rattler. You know, I spent some time with him on the phone. I talked with his parents. And I really studied him, and I get tired of us all hyping up kids before they get here and, and like, oh, my gosh, he's the greatest thing ever. Like, I get exhausted with hype. Right. And so I was kind of reluctant to jump on this hype train with Spencer Rattler, and now I feel like an idiot because, oh, (laughs) my gosh, dude's got arm talent and feel and instincts and touch. And it's all these things that I don't know if I can exactly explain, but I know when I see it, it's special. He had a throw in that TCU game that I literally gasped out. You know, I'm like, whoa, you know, like you react viscerally because um, it's just gorgeous. And he can throw with, you know, I think we're learning from Patrick Mahomes, these quarterbacks that can throw from many different arm slots, you know, different arm angles and that they've, they've got what we're calling arm talent that's kind of the new breed and Spencer Rattler is that, I mean, my goodness, he's got a live arm. I mean, you watch him. I mean, he, he can be on his back leg falling over and just flick his wrist and it goes 60 yards. Oh, it just I, lets I, you do absolutely anything offensively, what he can yeah. do. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I mean, I've seen Kyler Murray. I've seen Baker Mayfield and they're great. And I, I mean, I'm on the record. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a pro football hall of famer, but Spencer Rattler, there's just something about the way he throws. He just looks different. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to make some mistakes and learn. He had two really rough weeks where he threw a pick with an opportunity to win the game. And I right. talked to him about that. He basically got benched for a brief period against Texas. And I really love how he talked about that whole moment. Of, you know, this is a 
a prideful kid, a lot of attention and eyes on him. And he could have pouted and been just a total pain and then you know what about it. And he wasn't. He was like, I, I got to quit turning the ball over. I will get better. I, you know, I knew I was going to go back in. Coach communicated well with me, so I didn't react badly. And I've got to get back to work and get better. And he has high goals for himself. But I thought it was really cool how he responded. And he has set a goal for himself, no more turnovers this season. So I think, J Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he had any Saturday, right? So now it's two straight games with turnover-free football from Spencer Rattler, and that's the goal for him moving forward. So I, I just love that. Yeah, I we'll do say that that'll be tough. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to mention you also that week uh, did a great job um, in in sharing the story of Max Duggan. Where does he rank among guys you're rooting for the rest of the way? Oh my gosh, the poor kid. So if your listeners don't know, um, pre pre football season they had to go through this intensive cardiac screening because that was an issue that they were worried if kids had had COVID that they might have some cardiac heart issues. So during that screening process, they find out that he has a an abnormal heart arrhythmia type of situation and it's it's not necessarily an arrhythmia it's um wolf parkinson's white syndrome which i did a lot of research on it and it's basically an extra electrical si signal to your heart that causes it to beat inappropriately and at the wrong times and i mean it can be a problem you can pass out you can lose consciousness and it was kind of fortunate that he had never had an issue before um, but one of the other uh, side effects is fatigue. And he's like, you know, I would get really tired after games. I'd come home from a high school football game and sleep all day. Um, and so now they go in through whole, I just want you to imagine this holes in your groin and then a hole oh in your neck and put these, um, you know, kind of basically these strings up inside of your body and robotically surgically change his heart and that electrical pathway. It's crazy. To and me. then you hear on the broadcast like, oh, yeah, they just did this procedure a month ago. It's like, what? Four <laughs> weeks. He started. He played in a game four weeks it's from crazy. the date of the procedure. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had. I mean, even if you have like those holes in your groin or that hole in your neck, I mean, that's going to hurt. That's going to rub on your pads. It's going to be, you know, risk of infection. This kid's tough as heck, and I just I can't believe what he went through. You know, he said he had some fear, but the doctors assured him that he would be fine, and and you know maybe his heart would even be more efficient. Um, and I, I was like, was your mom like, no way, you're not playing football? And he said, my mom kind of trusted the doctors and what they were telling her. It's wild. I feel like so, I, I, sorry, Max. I feel like such a wimp when I hear that stuff. Like, <laughs> God, a headache just lays me out for a day, and. Here's this guy a month after that surgery oh playing gosh. football. There's there's so many just absolutely wild COVID stories, and I'm glad I'm glad you shared that one. There's so many I'm sure we don't even know about that someday we'll we'll all find out about. Um, you know, you've got this week you've got West Virginia at Texas, uh, ABC, uh, eleven o'clock Central kick. What? How, I'm sure you're deep into your prep on that. How do you feel about uh, you know what what to expect this weekend? Well, for one thing, I think Texas is finding some. Um, unity. And by that, I mean, they've gone through kind of a rocky couple of weeks with some controversy about the eyes of Texas and losing. And there's been all this talk and it has felt super negative outside of the program. But inside of that locker room, I talked with Sam Ellinger this week, and I just got chills when he was talking to me about how they communicate as teammates. And he and Joseph Osai were on the phone after that crushing four overtime loss to Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. And it, he said, it was late at night. I'm on the phone with Joseph Osai. They're kind of the two leaders of this team. 
And we vowed to each other that the next time that we could make plays to save the game and win the game, we were going to do that. And we were going to be those players for our team. And we were never going to, you know, let down or give up. And that's what happened Saturday in a huge win on the road against Oklahoma State. It's a play on fourth and seven that kind of saves the game in that well, moment. The best of his career. And, yeah. Yeah. Tom Herman called it the best throw of his career. And it was, it was in between like four defenders. It was a heck of a throw. And then Joseph Osai in the overtime period has a game winning sack of Spencer Sanders to end that overtime period and with no score. And I just love it that these two guys, um, Joseph Osai said he went over to um, Sam Ellinger and just hugged him and said, I love you. You have every reason why you could quit and give up and you would overcome so much adversity physically, mentally, and you did, you never quit on us. You yeah. never quit on this team and you give it everything. And, and I was just like, this, there's something special with these kids. I know that we want to point at what they're not, right? but I like to also highlight what they are. And there's something really special about this Texas connection with Sam and Joseph. Yeah. And you know, in West Virginia, I think we probably have all slept on them a little bit. Just what an impressive job in year two under Neil Brown of, of them really starting to turn into, I think we're starting to kind of see here's the blueprint of what they're going to be. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think we slept on Neil Brown because we know he's good. Yeah. And I, I fully believe that he can have an efficient offense there. What we underestimated was how good their defense would be. You know, they went through a contentious period of, um, internal investigation of Vic Coning, their longtime defensive coordinator and a longtime guy in this business. And um, in August, they had to replace their defensive coordinator. And so you think that they might have hit some bumps in the road, and they didn't. Man, they are one of the nation's best. You look at the statistical categories, West Virginia is right up there defensively in many of those. Yeah. And that side of the ball, I was totally sleeping on. Like, I've talked to Darius Stills, their defensive um, lineman, and I love him. He two miles away from Morgantown. He cares about West Virginia. He's passionate about that program being good. He was the Big 12 preseason uh, defensive player of the year. And I was like, I can see why they're playing well. There, there's pride there for West Virginia. That kid cares about that program being good. And he's playing really well. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Holly, thank you. We, we kept you longer than we said we would. Thank you so oh, much for sorry. joining us. We Did appreciate it. we go too it. long? I'm sorry. It's just so nice no, to No, 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 no. It's, it, it's, it's totally a credit to you making the time. So thank you so much. Holly, um, I, I, go ahead. I, I have to, sorry, Holly, I have to thank you publicly here for, you got me like 3,000 Twitter followers the night of the OU Army game two years what? ago. Okay, can we tell Max, yeah, do we have the game, time to the tell game that is story on, to Max really quick? It's so I, cute. I don't know this story. So Jason and yeah. I have never like met personally in person until this moment, I don't think, but I was on a flight and you know that um, that game was not on television. It was on like was some pay-per-view pay-per-view. Right. And so I'm on a flight, so I can't get it. And you know, it's going down to the wire. It looks like Oklahoma's going to lose and their national championship hopes are out the window. And Jason is live tweeting from the press box. <laughs> so like, I'm like direct messaging him and, and I start sending out there like, Hey, everybody follow Jason Kersey because he's our eyes and ears on the ground. If you're like me and you're trapped and can't see this game. And so Jason, you panicked a little bit though, didn't you? You were like, I don't know if I've done the play by play. <laughs> well, it's too much it, pressure. It, it was, it was, I, I had to go back to the way I used to have to live tweet Oklahoma high school football games. Like, because those aren't on TV. So, you know, you have to put the score, hashtag score. OK preps, all that stuff. Yeah. And so it was like, I had to sort of dust those skills off a little bit that night because I realized I just started noticing, hey, I'm getting a lot of new followers. What's going on? And I traced it back to, oh, 
Holly Rose retweeting me a bunch. Yeah, wow. you were our eyes and ears on the ground. So thank you so much. And you guys both do such great work. I just want you to know I admire and I read a lot of your stuff. And I just, your stop rate stuff, Max, has changed my life. So thank you for that. Uh, but I just want Good. you both to know how much I appreciate and value you and your work. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. It's a, it's you. always a pleasure seeing you, talking to you. Hopefully, hopefully seeing you at a game here soon. Let's do it. I hope so. Thanks so much to Holly Rowe for joining us. God, uh, she's the best. What what a what just a wonderful person, really. Um, always a pleasure to. We, to catch we up could with we her. could stand to be more like Holly. There's there's no doubt. Uh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure if I'd spent three months in a bubble and then was told immediately to go cover college football, I'd say uh, no. I'm taking a vacation. So good yeah, for her. It's it's wild. Awesome. It's wild. What a what a year. But uh, if anyone can pull that off, it's that's Holly. Yeah, but all right, Max. Let's get into let's get into the preview slash pick section of this. Do you want to review our pick standings right now? Because I'm not catching up to you, and I would love to update our listeners on how it's going with the picks this season. Jason, uh, as always, we're picking games against the spread. Uh, last week, I went three and two. Jason went two and three. Uh, Jason backed the Red Raiders last week. That was surprising, and now. Uh, Jason is 11 and 13 on the season. So if you've been shorting Jason all season, uh, maybe keep doing that. seems like it's going okay for you so far. And um, I am now 15 and nine on the year. So the gap's growing just a little bit. A lot of games left. Um, I, I got you right where I want. I can't ever say I would encourage our listeners to bet on our picks, but I hope for entertainment value, um, it's doing the job. I mean, you could just take the opposite. You could do the Costanza and just do the opposite of what I say, and you'd be okay. You'd be right. on top. Right. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, well, well uh, we, do, do you see like a stone-cold lead pipe lock on this week's schedule? Um, well, it's hard not to say that the Sooners over the Jayhawks. <laughs> I mean, 38 points is a lot, but. Yeah, Vegas is catching OU up play. that they need, to, they need to put that line 30-plus now for Kansas. Yeah, but um, do you want to start there? Do you want to start with Kansas at Oklahoma? Um, we can get through this one really quick, I think. Sure, uh, yeah. I- I'm going to take the Sooners to cover. I just th- – this is uh, this is Missouri State uh, all over again, basically, I think. I, I just I- – I don't expect this to be much of a game. Um, uh, so are another- you saying you think Kansas versus Missouri State would be a hell of a game? I think it could be a really solid contest. Okay. Actually, I to be honest with you, I'm not even totally sure. Missouri State's barely played since that OU right. game, so uh, well, but still, you know. Um, I I also think Oklahoma will cover the 38. Um, again, as we've talked about on this podcast, I think that's kind of more about where Oklahoma's at. I just kind of have a lot of faith that they're they're kind of firing on all cylinders now. Um, and, you know, I think for, for Kansas, it's just, it's just trying to find ways for growth, right? I mean, it's trying to get Jalen Daniels better. It's trying to get those younger players reps and, and trying to start creating a little bit of a foundation that, that you can build on here in the years to come. But this is just one of those games that, um, you know, no one ever goes for 100 points. I guess if Oklahoma had some beef with Kansas like Baker used to, then like, you know, maybe this would be one of those weeks, but I don't think uh, I don't I don't think Lincoln would do that. Could OU have scored a hundred on Texas Tech last week? I think they maybe could have if they'd kept their foot on the gas. If you leave the starters in, mm-hmm. when did they pull the starters? Uh, Rattler played the first drive of the third quarter, and they yeah. scored. And it was and how many and what did they have at that point? 
I think that made it 55 to something. Yeah, they could have gone for 100 if they wanted to. I think I think if they'd wanted to, yeah, they could have. Um, but uh, but they didn't. Uh, Lincoln Riley uh, took it easy on his alma mater. So as easy as he could have. All right, let's go West Virginia, <laughs> Texas. We talked uh, we talked a little bit about this one with Holly Max, but uh, the Longhorns a six and a half point favorite. How, how do you feel about that? I think uh, I think if I were if I, I think if I were a West Virginia fan, I'd be feeling pretty good this week. Honestly, I, I think that you watch Texas and the trend this season, and certainly in previous seasons is that Texas is probably going to play down to your level. And I don't mean that as a diss. That's just kind of what they do. And so as long as West Virginia doesn't turn it over a bunch um, and just sort of screw up on its own, um, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, Oklahoma State turned it over four times, and it was still a close game. So I'm kind of inclined to take the West Virginia plus six and a half because I just, I just you know, I just think the, the defense they're, they're playing right now um, you know, I, I think gives them a chance to make this a four quarter game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, because of West Virginia's defense now, um, and I don't know how I feel straight up. I just think that maybe for the line, I think that from what we've seen from Texas, giving them seven points or more is maybe we're not quite there yet. Well, I mean, you're Texas is going to need to, to do, I mean, probably something somewhat similar to what they did last week. They're going to need, uh, they're going to need to get some turnovers, and and uh, because I think West Virginia's defense is is really solid. I mean, Oklahoma State and West Virginia both have really good defenses, and so it depends on how they play. Ellinger, obviously, the games in Austin, maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. But um, I'm, I'm a, I got to be honest, Max, I'm kind of having trouble with this one, um, and yeah. I've been thinking about it for a little while, even before we started recording. I think I'm gonna. I do think I'm going to take Texas, despite what I just said. Okay. I think I'm going to take Texas to cover. Um, Maybe the Oklahoma State game can be a game for them that they they can sort of that can that's a breakthrough game for them, bit. kind of finally yeah. to show so, like yeah, and 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 also um, full disclosure, I need to pick differently than you because I do. catch up. Yeah, you, it's so. important. I think Texas will survive, but I'm going to take the West Virginia uh, plus six and a half. Um, and I don't know. I think that's where I, I I don't feel that great about it, but that's where I'm at. That's okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Texas Tech at TCU. I've seen both of these teams recently. TCU is a nine and a half point favorite, which, um, geez. I, I, Texas, I, it's worth mentioning. Texas Tech and TCU have definitely played some weird games over the last few years, too. They have. That's that's true. That's true. They have. And um, uh, after you know TCU maybe finding something offensively, Texas Tech coming off such a bad one. I don't know. I'm I'm making you go first. Go. You got to you got to take this one first, Max. I mean, I I I guess I'll take TCU minus nine and a half. I mean, I just don't. I guess with both of these teams, they're kind of the ones that from week to week, you don't totally know what you're getting. If this was a week where TCU just kind of kind of flopped and t- Texas Tech played the way they did against West Virginia, you wouldn't be that surprised. Um, and if this was a game where TCU rolled off to a, like a nice, you know, they, they, this is, they get back to playing, you know, putting up 30, 30 plus points. You wouldn't be that surprised either. I guess I'll go TCU. I mean, maybe you want to take the other side of this one too, just to, just yeah. to catch up. 
I think I might do that um, because I think Texas Tech is a not bit a lot of, a of conviction here on either too. sides. You know? Yeah, well, I mean Texas Tech is is like that too. I mean they they should have beat Texas. They do beat yeah. West Virginia, yeah, and then they just don't bother to show up at home last weekend against OU. Although OU obviously had something to do with that. So, um, so, I, and I also think that's a little bit of a big line for a game that has been so close. You're right. The last few years. So I'm gonna, I'll t- I'll take Texas Tech to cover. Now I'm not. I don't know about who's gonna win the game, but I think I'll take Texas Tech to cover. Yeah, you're probably on the right side of that. Let's move on to the next one, uh, which which a week ago would look like a really really big deal. Um, Oklahoma State. It still is. It, it still, still is. only has Oklahoma one State at K State. Uh, the Cowboys are a twelve and a half point favorite and uh, coming off their loss to Texas. What do you think? Well, I think I want to. I think I want to take Oklahoma State to cover because again, Oklahoma State should have won that game last weekend, and they probably should have won it reasonably comfortably if they don't turn the ball over. Um, and Kansas State, it was a nice run that they had, but. It just feels like they've sort of hit their ceiling. And so, and with Oklahoma State coming off a game that they should have won, they should still be undefeated. They should still be right in that mix. Um, and the fact that now they're not, I, I could see this being sort of a them being pissed off sort of game. Yeah, it's it was a little discouraging too how West Virginia was able to, you know, take our golden son, Deuce Vaughn, out of the game too last weekend um, and heart. just make that K State offense a lot less dangerous, you know? Um, I'm Do you with feel you. I'm responsible a, for that at all, by the way, for your your you saying it, maybe a jinx occurred. I'm just wondering not. if maybe you you know. I hope not. I hope the Vaughn family can forgive me if that ends up being the case this season. You're off but, their Christmas card list. Well, <laughs> damn. Um, no, I think he'll get back to being being successful and, and and really productive. But um, you know, certainly, I think I don't as as much as Texas was able to make plays. I thought overall it was still a pretty like the Oklahoma state uh, defense is still best in the country in third downs. Like they still can totally control Texas on third downs. And um, I think that's going to make a difference here in a game that would maybe otherwise be close. So I'm going to take Oklahoma state 12 and a half, but it does feel a little high. Yeah, I I can see that. I I, I can see that. Um, all right, Max, last game of the week, Baylor at Iowa State. Iowa State is a 14-point favorite. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning clones here. I, I think I think they can cover the 14. Again, a little bit of a big number. The second half comeback from Baylor last week I thought was encouraging, and and maybe that means that they can you know, keep this game close enough um, or, or rally back if they fall behind. Um, you know, do, do you see this as maybe – is this – maybe the letdown game for Iowa state a little bit where they kind of get into some danger. Do you think that's the possibility? I think it could be. I mean, that's, that's the game. I know it's at home, but right. But I mean, still I, you, it's one of those things that you sort of wonder about with a team like Iowa state, they did lose to Oklahoma state, but that was also a game that, you know, them losing that game isn't a big, isn't a big deal because they were supposed to lose that game. So, um, but I, I think I could see it being a little bit of a letdown game. I think Iowa State's going to win, but I, I, I may take Baylor on, on the on the points. Um, 14 is a big line, and, and um, I, I don't think Baylor's a bad team. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think Iowa State is one of the best teams in the league, and I think they will end up right there in that mix for the conference title game. Um, but I, I could see Baylor keeping it closer than two touchdowns. It was a super close game last year, obviously different coaching staff and all that. Uh, but a super close game early in the season there. 
Um, that was a defining one for Baylor getting on a roll. I think Dave Rand and his staff are going to have some interesting answers um, for what Iowa State likes to do with their power football, with their tight ends. Um, so I think the chess match, if it's pretty fun, I just think Iowa State's probably in a good enough place here to uh, to pull away and, and win by more than 14. But it's Big 12, man. I mean, if we – based on how the – look, frankly, based on how the picks have gone so far this season, you know, we're probably wrong about like two or three of these, right? Well, I, I certainly am. <laughs> but even straight up, I mean, there's just been yeah. enough of those this year that – like if you look at that, that slate of games there, what's the one game that you would be – Least surprised if it just if it flips the way we didn't think. Um, do you think it's West Virginia? Do you think it's K State? I think it's K State. I think that yeah. would be the one that. I again, I'm picking OSU to cover the big spread, but I don't think I'd be shocked if K State won or one, kept it one straight close. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's gonna be fun here. I think I think it's time for. Iowa State to really put a run together here. I think we, as we look at the the way this race is shaping up, certainly you look at Oklahoma, you feel like they're about to really go on a roll. And I think if that's the case, it eliminates some of the room for error um, and the room to, oh, do we take one more loss, but we're still in the race. I think that kind of puts you in a tough spot here if you lose one more if you're Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They 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 really need this one. Um, but I, you know what? I... I, I, on the one hand, I don't pick him to cover. On the other hand, I make Brees Hall a Heisman candidate. So I'm just full of contradictions. That's today. right. That's right. So that's 2020, man. We contain multitudes, Jason. That's right. That's right, Max. Well, uh, hey, n- another great episode. Thank you for, uh, you know, treading water without me last week. I know it was hard, um, you know, to get through the pod without me last week, but I'm glad I could be back. It was a stressful time week. for you. It looks like you lost a lot of hair over it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad you're back this week. <laughs> Very, very good. Very good. No, uh, no. Last week's show was great. Even if you guys don't know how to pronounce my name, uh, and work in uh, progress, but thank you all so much for listening to one true pod. We hope you're enjoying the show. Please subscribe to our show. One true pod on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating and find our stories on the athletic. If you're not a subscriber to the athletic, you can sign up now for just $1 a month by going to the slash one true pod. That's O N E true pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.